0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, August 15th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Pelosi reassures farm leader on USMCA. Wheat farmers feel snubbed. USDA advisors mull dicamba tolerance. Pelosi talks trade with Illinois Farm Bureau president. The president of the Illinois Farm Bureau said he's optimistic about prospects for the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement after a meeting with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We left the meeting confident in the speaker's approach and in her determination to reach a strong agreement for our farmers. That Illinois Farm Bureau President, Rich Gebert, after the meeting. Uh, Wednesday's meeting was arranged by Representative Sherry Bustos of Illinois. Pelosi assigned a small working group of caucus members to work with the White House to address Democratic concerns about labor standards and other issues. Now elsewhere, a House Democrat on the fence about the USMCA said the White House needs to send the implementing legislation to Congress by October. Representative Abigail Spanberger told AgriPulse during visits with farmers in her Virginia district on Wednesday, we need to have some sort of progress this year. Working backwards from what that means for the November-December time frame, we need to get those implementing documents by October. Spanberger chairs the House Agriculture Committee's Conservation Subcommittee. Wheat farmers take offense at Trump's snub. President Donald Trump's tough trade talk has created an irritant with farmers. Wheat growers are upset with him for belittling wheat trade with Japan. Japan buys about 3 million metric tons of wheat every year, including a unique blend called Western White, a mixture of soft white and club wheat grown in the Pacific Northwest, produced especially for Japanese millers. Trump drew laughter from a crowd at Shell Petrochemicals plant in Pennsylvania when he related a conversation with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The president said, I said, listen, we have a massive deficit with Japan. They send thousands and thousands, millions of cars. We send them wheat. Wheat. That's not a good deal. And they don't even want our wheat. They do it because they want us to at least feel like that we're okay. Okay. You know, they'll do it to make us feel good. The wheat sales are important to U.S. farmers, especially since Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Mr. President, Japan is the number one market for U.S. wheat exports on average, where we hold just over 50% of the market. That the National Association of Wheat Growers in a tweet yesterday. They don't buy our wheat because they want us to feel okay. They buy it because it's the highest quality wheat in the world. That's not fake news. Arizona senators take aim at proposal for Mexican tomato trade. The Commerce Department's effort to implement a new suspension agreement to keep tariffs off of Mexican tomatoes are getting more complicated. Two Arizona senators have joined the Mexican government in opposing the proposal that would subject all tomato imports to new quality inspections at the border, creating new bureaucracy and delays. Arizona Senators Martha McSally, a Republican, and Kristen Cinema, a Democrat, say in a letter to the Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, imposing unnecessary costs and burdens on the fresh produce trade hurts the economy of Arizona and eliminates jobs in the state. We urge the department to keep this in mind as it considers a new tomato suspension agreement. Jesus Sade, Mexico's top North American negotiator, railed against the commerce proposal earlier this month, saying it would cause a logistic and customs collapse in the flow of bilateral trade, severely affecting the value chains of both countries. The Arizona Senators warned that it could cost as much as $270 million a year to perform the inspections, and Mexico would likely retaliate by imposing similar inspection requirements on imports of U.S. ag commodities. USDA advisors consider repeal to EPA on dicamba. USDA's Fruit and Vegetable Industry Advisory Committee is considering whether to recommend EPA set food tolerance levels for dicamba because of off-target movements of the herbicide. Setting tolerance levels would protect producers of tomatoes or other crops who may be affected by dicamba drift. We're not advocating for putting chemicals on our crops, said tomato grower and processor Steve Smith agriculture director of red gold in indiana the largest privately held tomato processor in the country he said we're advocating not to lose our crops if pesticide residues are found on a crop that has no approved tolerance for that pesticide then the product can be seized if pesticides are found on organic produce the farm that grew the produce could lose its certification A working group of the USDA committee is considering today whether to approve the draft recommendations. Enviro's press fight against dicamba approval. Environmental groups are trying to persuade a federal appeals court to reverse EPA's conditional registration last year of Bayer's Extendamax version of dicamba. The organization say in a brief filed with the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, that EPA ignored the potential effects of the herbicide on endangered species. The Center for Food Safety and others groups say in a press release, EPA refused to seek the guidance of the federal expert wildlife agencies as the Endangered Species Act requires. Instead, the agency denied that there would be any risk and approved the pesticide without any measure to protect endangered plants and animals. The group say EPA also failed to comply with its 2016 registration, which said it would expire in November 2018, unless the agency determined that off-site incidents were not quote, occurring at unacceptable frequencies or levels. USDA sees progress in global hunger fight. USDA's latest analysis of global food security estimates that the world's food insecure population will fall. From 19.3% this year to 9.2% by 2029 as incomes rise and food prices fall. There are an estimated 728 million people who are food insecure this year. And that number is expected to fall to 399 million over the next 10 years. That according to the Economic Research Service. Those numbers mark improvements from last year's annual assessment when USDA estimated that there were 782 million food insecure people in 2018, or 21.1% of the global population. That number was forecast to drop to 446 million, or 10.4% of the population, by 2028. Keep in mind, sub-Sahara Africa is expected to continue to have the most acute hunger problem. Some 22.5% of the population there is expected to be food insecure in 10 years. That's compared to 35.3% now. Here's today's She Said It. I just think all of those programs give us a bad look. You see it from everybody. It's welfare for farmers. It's a handout. We just need things in place to make a living. That Virginia dairy producer Rhonda Ware speaking to AgriPulse. Well, so far, 16,176 farms have enrolled in the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, including Ware's. That's about 43% of the country's licensed dairy operations, according to the latest USDA data. The farms that have signed up have qualified for more than $208 million in payments. Enrollment started last month. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, August 15th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm John Daly.